0: Tyranny was broken by the sins of the father and his shepherds finally ceased to roam seeking instead the simple peace found in the comfort of heart and home all eyes now turn to his heir and son who forged their home with his power will he be strong enough to lead them in this their darkest hour Welcome back to The Lost Drive, Darkest Hour. As always, I am the author and your humble narrator, Peter Ivey. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow and subscribe to help me keep bringing the story to you. Thank you for listening, and let's begin. Chapter 23 I took Casey's hand as she entered the dining hall. I led her to a seat beside Flynn, to the right of where I was sitting, and she kissed me on the cheek as she sat down. She took Flynn's hand and they began to talk quietly. I had summoned a full breakfast for all of us, giving Casey a break from her usual routine. Casey always tried to get all three of us to sit down and eat together, and she insisted on making it herself, which might be on account of how she took care of her father so many of her young years. Flynn was a little distracted this morning, which was good for a lot of reasons. His fatigue had disappeared, and the signs of strain were gone from around his eyes. He looked more like himself today, but he could not stop looking across the table of jewels. I introduced him to her formally, but his curiosity was unflinching. She had a pair of sunglasses on to cut the glare of the sun coming in the windows, and was wearing her Queen Bitch t-shirt and her plain jeans. Her bare arms looked more muscled than the girl she had been that I found in the morgue. Her skin was still very pale, but she didn't look sickly anymore. I caught a look from Casey as she and Flynn were talking. It said, Mess with my child, and I'll make you wish you were dead again. I followed across the table to Jules, who merely smiled back at her. She was the only one smiling on that curve of the table. Henry wouldn't even look at me, and picked away at his breakfast in a detached fashion that I didn't like. He looked like a sulking child this morning, and I inwardly rolled my eyes at the thought of dealing with him as we tried to get through today. Tacum seemed more aloof than normal. I could only imagine the discussions they had had about me, and I doubted that it was very good. My father and Noel, by contrast, were sitting beside the table by the window, sharing a smoke and a cup of coffee. Both still seemed pretty drained, but they were smiling through it all, Noel listening to my father's stories and laughing at all the good bits. I was too busy tearing into my breakfast to get into much trouble yet. I had summoned up plates of fruit with fresh cream, a basket of steaming dark bread drizzled in honey from the table ball lost and lamented boarding house in Trelane, and two platters of sausages, bacon, and smoked fish. After all, what was the point of having power if you couldn't get what you want? I had summoned the bread especially for Noel as a peace-offering. He had given me a sideways glance at a nod as he scooped two pieces from the basket and wolfed them down with his first cup of coffee. I was about to make a second piece of myself when Henry shoved his breakfast away firmly and folded his hands on the table. Can we get on with this? Casey turned on him from talking to Flynn, looked at me, and back at Henry. You have something better to do? Oh, of course not, Henry replied with a smirk. I serve the pleasure of the patron. That's enough, Henry. Why don't we clear the air and get everyone caught up? Takum leaned over and whispered something in his ear, and Henry blinked a few times before nodding. Agreed. Casey put her hand on Flynn's shoulder. I want you to take your plate and head up to our quarters until we're done talking, okay? No, I told her. They both turned back to me, and I knew I was on dangerous ground here. He stays, I continued. Flynn is one of us now. He needs to know what's going on, and we need to know his side of it. Whether we like it or not, I think he's involved. Casey was not happy about this. I was beginning to get a little bit of the vibe from her that Jules got earlier. ''Dad's right, Mom,'' he told her. ''It's time I started helping out. I don't know what I can do yet, but there must be something I can do to help fight these jerks.'' ''Oh, you're not going to be anywhere close to the action, Flynn,'' I interjected. ''But I figured you should know what's happening.'' Casey's eyes were narrow looking at me. Whatever ground I may have gained back with her, I was slowly losing it. ''Fine.'' It was a single word, but implied a lot of things. Such as what would happen to me if anything happened to Flynn. I knew that already, but it wasn't half as awful as what I'd do to me. I knew that my choice to include Flynn was unpopular, but he knew that what was happening now had something to do with our son. He deserved to know. He was growing up so fast that people would expect more out of him than he had to give, than he was capable of. And if my enemies ever got to him, I wanted to make sure that he was ready to fight them. After all, if that happened, it would have to be after I was dead at their hand. I wouldn't allow anything else. What I'm going to say here is all I know about what's happening to us, and what I've done about it so far. I know I've kept a lot from all of you, but I had my reasons. All that is done now. So I'll start from the beginning. And I told them everything. I told them about Neph, and the Underrealm, about the soul storm and the resurrection of Julia. I told them about Silas and his world, and what his people wanted from us. Then I summoned the box from where I had hid it in the sack by my chair at the fireplace, and put it on the table, sweeping aside my plate. I told them what was inside. No one said anything. They all looked either too shocked to respond, or knew some of what I had said or were deep in thought. Not exactly the reaction I had expected. Then Flynn reached over and grabbed the iron box. Hey, there's a field around the... As soon as Flynn touched the box. The field covering it wavered, and disappeared like smoke. I looked into Flynn's eyes, and they glowed slightly before returning to normal. I looked over at Henry, and his eyebrows were hiked up nearly as high as mine were. If I needed any more evidence to confirm my suspicions about what was happening to Flynn, that would do it. I reached up slowly and took the box from Flynn, putting it down on the table and keeping my hand over the lid. And then, there's that, I said, nodding at Flynn. He frowned and he sat back down. What? What did I do? Casey took his hand. You didn't do anything wrong, did he? My father got up from behind where he was sitting, from Noel, and walked over to stand behind Flynn. Of course he didn't. Casey turned to me; her mouth a little tight line. Her eyes were shining like the sun. This was already going too far. Everyone, calm down! I said, rising to my feet. Wanted to clear the air about a lot of things today before we decided our next course of action. And this is one of the most important points. To be honest, I feel stupid for not realizing it sooner. I guess it was just a matter of time. What do you mean? Casey asked. I... Flynn is your blood, so he's getting power from the worlds as well. And that's the reason why he grew up so quickly, isn't it? All eyes were on Henry now. I wished he hadn't connected all the dots, though. That's right. What's happening to Flynn is a result of his proximity to hearth. I used some of my power to wrap up the box in a field again, and knelt down next to Flynn and Casey. I swear to both of you that I didn't know this was going to happen. Things had been happening so fast, and I missed what was really going on. I'd love you both, but I don't think there's any way to fix this. I reached out and took their hands. I expected Casey to pull away, but she laid my head down in her lap. What kind of a father had I become? We should have known all this sooner, but I was the most at fault for not understanding it. And just living from day to day instead without even thinking that all this was too good to be true. With each moment we lived in this place I made to keep us safe, I had endangered what I treasured most, and hurt my poor wife's heart. The look of concern on her face as she bathed Flynn burn in my mind. Wait, Casey said, gently pushing me back. If the ability to use his power is in his blood, then... From father to son, Henry said. Please don't, I said, turning to him. Henry pressed his fingers together like he was praying, and leaned forward on his elbows. I'm sorry, Mech, but I agree with you. The time has come to clear the air. Are you sure you want to do this? Dekum asked, laying a hand on Henry's shoulders. We're running out of time, my love. Our enemies are closing in. "'What the hell is everyone talking about?' Flynn said, pushing my hand away. "'It'll be okay, lad,' my father said. "'My heart was on fire, and I stood up, pointing at Henry. "'If you speak up now, so will I. One revelation for another, Henry.' "'Henry gritted his teeth and slammed his fist on the table. "'Postos and you, Mick. Why do you think he chose to make you his ally in the first place? "'You ever wonder, at that moment, what would have happened if one of us had pushed you aside?' And try to take father's power for our own. I looked down at the table. It would have destroyed you, I told him. Because control of the world's father's legacy can only be passed through blood. His blood. Duh. My father, the only one I'd ever known, came over and stood by my side. I don't know what you think you're doing, Henry. But what you're doing is wrong. Right down the line. There's no way you could have known, Dad. I said. Father told me once that he enjoyed from time to time being you. He was watching me, and now I know why. I turned to him and put my hands on his shoulders. No matter what that bastard did, I know who my father is. You know that, right? Dad nodded, but I could see in his face that doubt had swelled up his heart. If only I'd paid more attention to all the clues. This hit us at the worst moment possible. He sat down in his chair by the window and stared into his coffee. Then I'm just like you, Flynn said, looking at me. But I'm like him, too. Flynn put a hand to his forehead, and I could see him trying to suppress his emotions as he took this all in. Mix right, Casey said, guiding Flynn back to his chair. It doesn't matter. We can't do anything to stop what's happening to you, and home is the safest place for you while our enemies are out there waiting for us. Your mother's right, Flynn. At least in the sense that this is the safest place to be. But our enemies are in here, too. What do you mean by that? Takum asked in a low rumble. Secrets are our enemy, Takum. When we healed you, Jules, I saw into the minds of the rest of you. I saw the board that you keep in your secret little lab, Henry. I saw your paintings as well, Takum. I couldn't see what was on the board, or what the painting was, but I can hazard it a guess. These are seriously good, Jules said, taking a bite of sausage from her fork. Henry turned to her. Adult speaking, growled. Maybe you'd like to chime in later when we get to the point where we decide if you're worth the trouble. Or maybe you'll just turn on us when you return to form. Ah, stop being such a dick. My head swung around as if it was greased. Flynn was still sitting in his chair, but his face was now a deep shade of red. He shook his head. I like her. Don't talk to her like that. I was trying to stop from laughing. Thanks, Flynn. And Henry, you need to back off. How long have you known about Silas and her sister anyway? How the hell did you know that? I asked her, thinking that I was the only one that knew. Easily. You've always said how smart Henry is. Did you really think that something would go wrong with one of his toys and he wouldn't know why? The answer is that he knew, and he no doubt made contact with them. What kind of deal did you make, Henry? I greatly underestimated how smart Jules was. How cunning. It was easy to do if you looked at her and forgot how old she really was, despite the young body she currently inhabited. She was right, of course. You better show us what you've been working on, Henry. You too, Dacoum. They both stood, and I could feel Henry summoning up his power. Do you really want to try that in here? There's me, my wife, our new friend Jules, and my son, who's barely repressing the power roaring around inside him, if you're thinking of running, think again. I will stop you long before you get the chance. Didn't even occur to me. Henry did open a portal. I tensed as he did so, but then I saw the other side. His lab was dark, but I could see the outlines of his workings inside. If we're going to do this, then let's do this, he said, motioning for us to enter. Thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. Keep sharing and subscribing to help me keep bringing the story to you. Come back next week for the next episode of Lost Drive, Darkest Tower.